Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Spiritual Armory. Today we're going to look at Psalm 103, verse 12 in particular, which says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I got to thinking a lot about this verse. A while back I was having a heated conversation with someone. I forget how we came to the statement, but I said something to the effect of, I typically remember the last few interactions I've had with someone. And they remarked back to me that that sounded horrible, especially coming from a pastor. And they were right. It does. It does sound horrible. But it's also a biblical truth. I think that it is the case for most of us. Most of the time, we, in our fallen human minds, do remember the things that have been done to us or said to us that have been hurtful in some way. We don't have the blessing of forgetfulness the way God does. This verse goes to show the degree at which God's forgiveness removes our sin from us. Think about this. Travel far enough north and you will eventually start going south. Travel far enough south and you will eventually start going north again. You can never travel far enough east to go west or far enough west to go east again. The north and south will eventually meet though. The east and the west never will. That is the length at which God's forgiveness removes your sin. It is nearly impossible for us to forget to that degree. It is what we decide to do with the scars and memories. We may not be able to completely forget, but we are to forgive. And forgiveness is possible because we are told to forgive. And if it were not possible, God wouldn't tell us to do it. God won't set us up for failure. So why is, important, why is it important to forgive? Well, the importance of forgiveness is that without God forgiving us, we would be doomed. Jesus is the only means of salvation. Without his death on the cross, there would be no forgiveness for our sins. Romans 5.10 tells us that for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. And Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says that in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. So again, Without receiving forgiveness from God, the fact of the matter is we're going straight to hell. That being said, it is also stated that we should forgive others. So, you know what it's like to not be forgiven? Have you ever had someone bring up something you said or did in the past? Have you ever had someone choose not to be around you 
because of something you've done. I mean, let's face it, we're not all perfect. We all do things that hurt other people. We all say hurtful things. But, so we know what it's like to not be forgiven. But there are also other reasons to forgive. And I'm going to straight shoot straight to the top of the list on this one and say that we're to forgive because God says we're to forgive. It is written and it's demonstrated numerous times throughout Scripture that we are to forgive others. We'll start with Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, and he's talking to Jesus here, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. So Peter at this point is probably thinking, great, now he wants me to do math too. Well, anyways, therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And, as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him into prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger the Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And then, one of the greatest demonstrations of this is in the book of Acts. In chapter 7, Stephen is in the midst of being stoned to death. So right as it's being done to him, he cries out on behalf of his tormentors, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now that's forgiveness. And we see this in the Old Testament too. In Genesis chapter 50, Joseph's brothers, they had every reason to fear. They sold their brother into slavery. He spent years away from his family, most likely in prison and scared, cold, bad food, all the horrible things you probably can imagine about prison. And now their dad 
wouldn't be there to protect them because Jacob had since passed. Now it was their turn to be scared. What would you do? What would you do if you were Joseph? Would you make them apologize? Make them slaves? Forgive them? Well, Joseph wept because his brothers apparently had not forgiven themselves. And he simply told them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? So Joseph had forgiven his brothers, but they hadn't forgiven themselves. And they certainly did not deserve Joseph's forgiveness. They didn't deserve forgiveness at all. I mean, and when we consider God's perfect will and God's perfect being, who does deserve forgiveness? Let me ask you this. Have you ever recited the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Did you mean it? Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors? Some say trespasses or trespassers or others say sins or sins against us. Think about that. If you've said that prayer, you're asking God to show the same level of forgiveness to you that you've shown to others. And how many of us, how many of you just thought, uh-oh, I know I, I have, I think about that. In addition to the scriptural reasons that we're to forgive someone, there's also a lot of secular reasons, a lot of psychological reasons why we should forgive. And this list that I'm going to share is from the Mayo Clinic. Forgiving someone helps create healthier relationships. By holding on to past grudges, you tend to carry that into all of your relationships. It also improved mental health. Your decision-making skills become impaired. Your memory and your perception of reality can also be affected negatively. Forgiving someone also creates in us less anxiety, stress, and hostility. By getting that out of your life, you will see improvement with your digestive system and with your reproductive ability. Forgiveness also brings about lower blood pressure. The constant anger and tension cause the raise of blood pressure and elevated heart rates. By letting it go, we improve in all of these areas. Improved heart health. Again, the heart isn't meant to beat that fast for that long amount of time. There's also less chance of depression when you forgive. So you know, depre depression, non-forgiveness is not God's will. One of the biggest things that leads to depression is being outside of God's will. And you can become so wrapped up in the wrong that was done to you that you can't enjoy the present. You can't enjoy your present life. Forgiveness also brings about a stronger immune system. Literally, holding on to anger and grudges can make you sick. And it's done that to me in the past. It's gotten me to the point where 
my stomach's in knots, I have headaches, I have a lot of tension, a lot of back aches, a lot of things going on, just because I'm holding on to grudges. But the butterflies, and in this case we'll say moths, um, because the butterflies, they're when you're in love with someone, but the moths, those are when you just have indigestion. But when you know you're going to have to be around someone you're upset with, it can make you sick. It can, I've, again, I've had times where just knowing that I was going into a situation where someone I was upset with caused me to have a lot of sickness and a lot of stomach issues just going into it. Letting go of that gets rid of all that. The last one on the list is better self-esteem. You begin to feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose when the only purpose is holding on to a grudge or holding on to anger of what someone's done to you in the past. So those are the biblical and the secular reasons why we're to forgive someone. But what exactly does forgiving someone mean? When we forgive someone, we're actually, we do it for ourselves as much as we do it for the other person. Maybe more for ourselves, but I'll get into that in a second. There's a weight lifted off of you. There was one person that I had been close to until they did something very hurtful. As time passed and someone would ask, I would tell them that I had forgiven the person. I honestly thought that I had. Two people really close to me told me that I hadn't. And I would reply that, yes, I did. Well, for some years had passed and we caught up with each other and had a really pleasant conversation. As I walked away, a huge weight was lifted off of me, and I realized that now, now I had forgiven that person. The weight was lifted, my desire to share exactly what they did to cause the grudge and the hurt was gone, and I could only thank God for allowing the reconnection. And by the way, this is a reconnection that is a, has been a blessing and has been able to move forward since then. And forgiving, like grace, means giving something to someone that you may feel that they don't deserve. We certainly didn't deserve the forgiveness that God gave us by having Jesus die on the cross for our sin. If he did it, so can we. But what forgiving doesn't mean, forgiving someone doesn't mean that you have to keep allowing them access to hurt you. You can just forgive the person, let it go, and move on. It also doesn't mean that we are saying that what they did to us is okay. About two years ago, while I was visiting my wife in the hospital, my car was the recipient of a hit-and-run driver. There were witnesses. It was caught on camera. The police even tracked the person down. Somehow, they still got off the hook, costing me 
the price of our deductible. Am I and was I upset? Well, I was at the time. I'm not any longer. I could have really used the deductible money, but was I upset at the time? Absolutely. But what good would it do if I still held on to this grudge today? They don't know that I have a grudge on them, and they probably don't care. The thought probably hasn't even crossed their mind again. They get special mention here because they're part of my sermon illustration, but they're not living rent-free in my head. And a little caveat here, be careful what you say and do because you could end up becoming a part of some pastor's sermon illustration sometime. But now I've told you um, what forgiveness is, what forgiveness isn't, and the importance of forgiveness, but now we're going to look at some ways to forgive. And one of the many great things about God is that he doesn't tell us to do something and then leave us to try to figure it out on our own. We would mess that up for sure. He gives us directions and shows us examples. We've already mentioned Joseph and Stephen, but those aren't the only examples or direction we're given. We're told in Ephesians 4.31 to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Focus on the positive. If the target of your forgiveness is a friend or a family member, think of the good times you've had. Remember why you love them in the first place. Uh, second reason, you have to want to forgive. And we're to pray for our enemies. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If you pray for your enemies and those who have sinned against you, you will begin to care for them. God does something in your heart to move your heart to care for that person. Isaiah 43:18 and 19 says to forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. We should forgive the past. Unfortunately, a lot of people let it design their present and their future. And then they become bitter. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Sleep is a time for healing for both our bodies and our minds. Psalm 3, 5 says, I lie down and I sleep. I wake again for the Lord sustains me. Jesus stated in Mark 2:27 that the Sabbath, a time of rest, was made to benefit man. And finally, don't focus on how you were mistreated. We tend to do that. We tend to replay in our minds how we were mistreated, how the person wronged us, what they did, what they said, maybe what they didn't do. Instead, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there be any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We've come to the point where I'm going to close this message, but I'd be remiss if I didn't address 
one more area of forgiveness needs to take place. We've got to forgive ourselves. Remember I mentioned earlier that Joseph's brothers had never forgiven themselves. When they did it, they saw how that affected their dad. They began to come to the conclusion that they were wrong and that they had, in the time that Joseph had been gone, never forgiven themselves. We got to do that. We do things. We realize we hurt people. We don't do things that we look back and think we should have done. We do things that we shouldn't have done. But we've got to forgive ourselves for that and do better next time. We've all done things and said things that we'd like to take back. And Romans 3.23 says that we all fall short of the glory of God. And things that Satan likes to remind us about every so often. He likes to remind us of those times that we said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, didn't do what we should have done, or did what we shouldn't have done. He likes to bring those up, but we have to remind Satan, we have to remind ourselves that all of our sins have been forgiven through the blood of Christ. And those may be the hardest ones for us to stomach, though, are the sins that we know we've committed. But know this, whatever you've done, Jesus died for it. And by his blood, you are forgiven. It's time to let yourself off the hook as well as to let everyone else off the hook. And I'm going to move through these verses very quickly, but they're important verses that I feel like we need to share. Psalm 103, 10 and 11 says, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. And Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, whether it's a person a circumstance, or yourself that needs forgiveness, the altar of God's throne is open, and we're going to close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for being able to deliver this message this morning. This is a little bit different than I usually do it, but I thank you for the technology. I thank you for your goodness and grace, and I ask that you would work in each and every person's heart towards forgiveness, work on us to receive forgiveness from you, to receive forgiveness from others. Help us to give forgiveness to others. Help us to forgive ourselves when times are, are tough and we start thinking about things that we've done that are hurtful. Lord, help us to glorify you as we go about the week. Help us to be a blessing to those around us. And help us, Lord, to always shine your light and to be a shining light. 
And I ask that you would keep us all safe and bring us back at our next appointed meeting. And I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.